I'm going to jump into this today. And like I say, I, I get the privilege to preach in Gulf Shores every week. I get the privilege to preach in El Dorado usually every week. And then we preach online constantly, it seems like. And so usually I have time to build upon message after message so we can take elephants and eat them one bite at a time. But I believe that today's message is an elephant, and we don't have time just to take a bite today. So I'm going to just throw the whole thing at you. I actually have uh, just really three points I believe the Lord wants to say today, but I have 27 points i got to tell you before we can get there. So I'm going to just jump in. I'm going to go fast. I told Jen on the phone earlier, I said, you know, these services are so quick. I don't have time to tell any of my jokes or any of my stories. And Jennifer said, it's probably going to be a better message if you leave all that junk out. So she don't like my jokes very often. But I'm going to jump right into what I believe is a prophetic word of the Lord. Are you ready? I don't believe I got a prophetic word of the Lord at January this year. I believe God started giving me a word. And I don't claim to be a prophet. I'm a, I'm, like Dad said, my natural lean is evangelism. I have to pastor sometimes, but every once in a while, God has a, has, will shake the sky or knock me off my horse and so I can hear His Word. And I truly believe with all of my heart, I have a Word going into 2022. And so I want to leave it for you today. If you, it's not for you, just leave it here on this parking lot. But if it is for you, you grab hold of it. And I believe it will transform your life. Back in December, God started speaking to me about moving into 2022 and it being different than 2021 and 2020 was. What He began to speak to me was in the Christmas story, the wise men were a group of priests that, For generations, they were the Magi, they were sought after, they were king makers, and they were king advisors. But they got that position because they were a a priestly sect of the uh, Mede Empire. And I'm going to lay this goofy history out for you real quick, because then we'll pick up real fast. And we find the first place in the Bible, we see them in the book of Daniel. And in the book of Daniel... They are advising King Nebuchadnezzar there. And in the process of that, they have an encounter. They meet a man that had an actual relationship with the living God. Up to that point in history, they had never seen the hand of God at work in their life. They had spent their whole life serving the sun God is who they actually ministered to. They would... They would get up and they would serve the God of fire because they believed that fire was the power of God on this earth. And so they got up and they served. They built a lifestyle of serving the God of fire. Then they encounter Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three, four Hebrew children that had actually had a relationship with the living God. Not an idea, but a living God. And they saw for the first time... In the Magi's history, not only a God that demanded service and sacrifice, but they saw a God who actively wanted to be involved in people's lives, actively cared about His people, 
actively would get in the fire when people were going through fire, actively shutting the mouth of lions when lions' mouths were to consume. And the Magi realized that they'd never seen a God like this. And so history records that they began to seek and study and learn where this God was and who this God was. And they, there was a sect of the Magi that began to seek after who Daniel's God was. And so hundreds of years later, we pick up the story when God was ready to get involved and change the world forever. We see a group of men that were looking and anticipating and desiring a relationship or a moment in the presence of a real God that we find these men traveling, history records, up to two years. Theologians believe that the Magi traveled from the east for up to two years. The reason where they get the two years from is because when Herod went to kill all the babies, they chose um, all the babies under the age of two. Because he said, when did you see this? And so, for theologians believe 18 months to 24 months, these Magi traveled paying the ultimate sacrifice, going out of their way, whatever it took, however far they had to go, no matter where it led they were going to have this relationship with God. Now, what's unique about it is in the Christmas story, all the characters in the Christmas story actually had a divine encounter with God. When you read in the Christmas story, Mary actually had Gabriel, the angel, pop up and God said, this is going to happen. Joseph, he had a divine dream. The Lord appeared to him in a dream. The shepherds, they were in the field and angels lit up the sky. Every person in the Christmas story, they all had an encounter with God, not the Magi. The Magi weren't privileged to an encounter with God. What they actually had was a simple desire. They had a desire to encounter God. And they, with that desire, that desire drove them for two years to go to a place they'd never been and show up in a place that, that where they were complete strangers in but yet they paid whatever price and went ever, ever far because they had this desire to get into the presence of a living God. Then they moved into the presence of the living God. And their response was this. The Bible says they fell to their face. They began to worship and adore. And they presented gifts to a living God. And this is what the Bible says. Then God divinely began to interact in their life. The Bible says, and they were warned with a, a dream, a divine dream from God. God had warned them in a dream that they were to go another way. And the Lord began to speak to me this year saying that if we would come out of 2021 with a sincere heart and a desire, we don't even have to have a word. A lot of times we want a word to do something, to want a word for God, but you did, he didn't even have a word. All that was a desire. To be in His presence. And so they moved there in the act of worship. When they got there in worship, then God started interacting and God started working in their life. And He took their life from the direction that it was going into a direction that the Bible calls another way. 
I'm here to declare to you, you coming out, and I'm preaching a New Year's message even though we're in the middle of January now. I just hadn't been here yet. But we're, I'm here to declare to you, you coming out of the old and going into the new with the desire and moving into a worshipful heart and lifestyle will get God to actively begin to interact on your behalf. And the direction that your life has been going in for the last two years... I'm here to declare and decree that your life is about to go in another way. They did not go. Listen, they did not go through the same valleys that they came in. They did not go through the same wildernesses that they had been through. But they went back another way because they had a desire. If you can't begin to move on God's behalf because you haven't got a word yet, just take your desire and put it the utmost important part of who you are. And you'll see the hand of God begin to divinely move and direct. Your marriage will not be what it was for the last two years. Your finances will not be what they were for the last two years. The next two years of your life will be transformed and going in another direction. And so coming out of 2021 is a transition. It's amazing how God gives us what I call the gift of time. See, God does not exist in time, but He put us in a place of time. And I'm so glad that He put me in time, because if I wasn't in time, I wouldn't have the gift that time brings. Although time brings age to me, it also brings new starting places and new beginning lines in my life. You know, every day the Bible says I get a new place and a new opportunity to start because I live in time. It says His mercies are new every morning. And I'm thankful that every day, no matter how bad I blew it the day before, I get a brand new fresh start going into this one. God's given us the gift of weeks. You being here on Sunday, you don't understand, no matter how your week ended last week, you getting a chance on Sunday to start afresh and go in a new direction. You coming to church this morning on Sunday, the first week of the, the first day of this week. Man, I'm telling you, you can take it to the bank. This week will be better because you're here than it would if you weren't. Take it the next time you skip church. You watch how your week plays out. I'm so thankful that even in weeks when I've blown it, I got another week. But one of the major important, I believe, gifts of time is New Year's. Coming out of what we were and coming into what God has for us. Constantly through the Bible, God talks about the power and the anointing on years. As a matter of fact, this is what Jesus said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For it has, one translation says, because it has. I, I love, there's a because attached to your year this year. You came out of what you went through last year because God has something different for you this year. And it says, it's because he, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me. And then He goes through all the things that God anointed Him to do. And it says this, to declare the year of the Lord. This is a year of the Lord on your life. If you will understand what time you're living in, the Bible says the sons of Issachar, they were a group, a tribe, it says they, but they were the understanders of the time. You know, being married, I've learned there's times to talk and there's times to be quiet. I've learned there's times to joke and time not to joke. I, I'm learning the older I get that 
there are times for things and there are times. I feel like Solomon sometimes says there's a time to laugh and a time to cry. This is a time that God has divinely appointed, I believe, like no other time before. 2020, 2021, we saw things that we have never seen before. It was a different time. But God just didn't want new times to be the bad times that we've been through. I believe 2022 is going to be the greatest time that we've ever walked into. So I'm about to just throw on you real quick a bunch of bullet points because we don't got time to tell a bunch of stories. But I want to start with you where the Lord started giving with me. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. You ready? It says this. Not that I have already obtained all this. It says, or have already arrived at my goal. This is Paul writing in this scripture. He's saying, you know, I haven't gotten to where I'm supposed to be. I'm not where I think I should be by now. I don't know about you, but when I look back over the years and I see the promises and the things that I believe God had called us into... I can truly relate with this. And, you know, I'm not where I thought I would have been by now. Or I'm not where I should even be by now. And Paul is right there. And then he says this. He says, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Now, this is a super strong promise right here. Because a lot of times in my life, I feel like I'm doing everything I can do just to hold on to God feel like I'm doing everything I can do just to hold on to what God has called me to and the promises that I have. But this promise to me is this. When I feel like I'm not holding on very well or I'm about to give up in the hold that I have, I'm not the only hand doing the holding. He says that He took hold of me. I don't have to worry when I feel at my weakest moment of holding on to what God has called me or destined me to be. I'm not the only hand involved in this process. And I can tell you this, God's hand has never gotten tired of holding you. God's hand has never gotten weak, no matter how weak your hand has gotten. There's a lot of times I feel like my grip has gotten so weak that there's no way God could keep doing or being for me, but it's not completely up to you. He wants to be actively involved. And it says that He, as a matter of fact, the reason why... I took hold of him was because he first took hold of me. You were grabbed hope of you were taken. It says it says I have not one translation says this I have not already obtained all this or have I arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. It says that what he did was he grabbed me for a purpose, now I can grab him. Going into this year, you need to understand and you have to put it to rest that God didn't just save you to go to heaven, but He also has a purpose for your today. The Passion Bible says it like this. I admit that I have not yet acquired the absolute fullness. God has a fullness for you in your life. God has a fullness for you this year. God wants your this year to be full of joy. He wants this year to be full of peace. He wants this year to be full of hope. He wants this year to be full of prosperity and healing. It says, I have not acquired that yet. I don't have the fullness that God has given me. But it says, I am pursuing. 
But I run with passion into His abundance so that I may reach, and it says, the purpose. You've got to put to rest that your life is here more than just being saved. You're not, it's just not good enough to just get saved and understand that God's got me going to heaven. That is not all that God has for you. The Bible says, as a matter of fact, it says that I have come to give life, and then that would be your salvation. But then he goes on and says, and life more abundantly. There is a fullness that God, there is a purpose, there is a destiny attached to your 2020, too, that you maybe you think that I have done given up on those dreams. Is things have gotten too far past? I want you to know. Paul felt the same thing. He said, here I am, and I haven't attained it yet. But then he made a decision. He said, I'm not giving up where I'm at. I want to declare this to somebody today. Enemies have been trying to give you to give up at the level that you're at. I'm here to tell you this. God's not a carrot dangler in your life. He don't put these desires. The Bible says He gives you the passion, the desires and the passions of your heart. And He don't do that. He doesn't do that just to hang a carrot out in front of you like a donkey on the old on the cartoons that you're running through this life, but you can never obtain or acquire. You can obtain and acquire. And this is your year to take hold of what God has purposed you to be. And so here He says this. Paul says, but this one thing I do, and this is where the Scripture gets a little weird to me. Paul says, all right, so I haven't gotten it yet. He says, but I know God has it for me. That's why He saved me in the first place. There's a purpose attached to my life, but I haven't gotten it yet. So, Paul says this, this one thing that I do, and then he doesn't say one thing. It's weird. He says two things. He said, this one thing I do, says forgetting what's behind. And it says, at the same time, and, that word to me, and means two, but he's talking about this being one thing, one motion, letting go of what's behind while I'm reaching toward what's ahead. I see a picture of a New Year's Eve. The clock's about to strike 12. As a matter of fact, this year, I was at Orange Beach, uh, it was called The Wharf, and they were dropping the marlin down. And we, my girls, we had them out there. They were about to blow the fireworks off. I had to wake Isla up because she fell asleep. I wanted them to see as this, as this marlin came down and when it hit the ground, the fireworks were exploded. We were coming out of 2021, but we were stepping into 2022 all at the same time. This is what Paul's saying here. He said, this year I've got to let go or forget, he said, but that, that one translation there says, I got to let go. Another way to see it is this. I have got to get free. This will be a year that you are going to have to decide. I'm not just going to sit by and watch God do what God wants to do. This is a year that God that you're not going to be able to just be still and know that I am God. This is not a year that you can pull back and just wait and see what the Lord, that He is good. You're not going to get that this year. This year is not a sit by, sit on the sidelines and be a spectator to what God's going to do. This year, Paul said, this one thing I must do. There's a doing involved in your year this year. For you to possess what 2022 has for you, you're going to have to take on the heart, the attitude, 
and the determination of a doer. I told the Adorated Church this year, the Lord told me I better be ready to move with the movers and walk away from the shakers because I'm not going to be too scared to step out into what God has for me this year. We're going to have to move into the doers. What a doer is in this is you must be a co-laborer is how the Bible calls it in one place. I'm going to have to be a co-laborer. In other words, God's going to do His part, but I have to be willing to do my part too. I'm going to have to co-labor. Another, trans- another scripture says, I have to be a partaker, a partaker of His divine nature. If you're just wanting God to do everything and give you everything that He's promised, then this will be a year that you're going to miss out on some of the greatest victories, miracles that God has ever done in your life. But if you'll determine that this one thing I do, I'm going to be a doer. And I'm going to determine that I'm going to be free from what I've been through. And I'm going to reach toward what God has got me going to. This will be the greatest year of your life. So I am normally a story preacher. I usually preach through stories in the Bible. So when God started speaking to me there in that scripture, I said, God, you're going to have to show it to me in a story so I can understand it. So I'm about to jump into a story. I actually have three stories here in the Bible that tell this exact same story. But I'm going to start moving through bullet points as quickly as I possibly can. And so we're going to jump right into uh, Joshua chapter 3. Now, up to this point, the children of Israel had been delivered, they'd been set free, they had moved out of slavery into the wilderness. And for 40 years, they were in this wandering place. I don't know about you, but the last two years feel like 40 years to me. It seems like we've been going around and around the same thing. We put mask on, we take mask off. We put mask on, we take mask off. Or we, you know, you go in and uh, you got to, my kids, I was telling somebody before, my kids don't seem like they ever go to school anymore. We start school back, we shut school down, we start school back. But way more than COVID, we've been going around and around so many situations in our marriage, in our finances, in our health. We've been going around and around wondering, God, when are you ever going to do what we know you want us to do? When are you ever going to do? And the Bible says, actually, here in the um, book of Joshua, that they wandered for 40 years. And over the course of 40 years, they came unto, the Bible says, the River Jordan multiple times. As a matter of fact, there's actually five scriptures that say, and they came unto the River Jordan. They kept staying in this state of wandering. They would get so close to where they knew what God had for them, but then circumstance, situations, personal issues would draw them back into a series or a state or time of wandering. I'm here to declare to you today, 2022 is your year to quit staying where you're not supposed to be and get ready to move into what God has promised you in your life. It is time for you to not just come unto the River Jordan, but it's time for you to cross over into your promised land, in your marriage, your finances, your health. I don't know about you, but there's so many times it's like I would get so close and could see what God was promising me was about to come about. And just within, it seemed like a matter of seconds, I would find myself back out in the wilderness wandering. But no more. This is a year that you're moving across that Jordan. 
Five times in the Bible it says, they came unto. But on the fifth time when it says they came unto is in Joshua 3. And it says, they came unto the river Jordan and they crossed over to the other side. I'm here to tell you, five is not just a random number. The word, the number five in the Bible is rec- represented by the number, by the word grace. Grace is what brought these guys through. What is grace? Grace is God's unmerited favor. It is the power of God at work in your life, even whether you deserve it or not. Here they came unto the river Jordan, and by the grace of God, God was ready to change their entire circumstance and situation. Now, the problem with that is this. Grace doesn't just happen on its own. A lot of people... and. If you've been in the church for the last 10, 15 years, you've heard the grace gospel talk. And the grace gospel says that God will do all the work for you. You just do what, be what, and say what you want and live how you want. And God's grace is sufficient. I'm here to tell you this. God's great is, grace is sufficient, but you've got to understand that grace must be activated. It just don't happen. You just can't sit on the side. Grace has to be activated in your life. And for you to move forward into what God is calling, promised, and destined you to be, you're going to have to decide. You're going to activate grace in your circumstance. Here in the book of Joshua, it says, They came unto, I'll read Joshua 1, verse 1 says, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shemitah. That's one of them words that you don't say real fast. So I'm just going to skip over it, because if you say it wrong, it gets a gasp. And it came to Jordan. And he had all the children of Israel and the lo- and had brought all the children of Israel and they lodged there before they passed over. Here was the last time they came unto. This will be the last time, I believe, you get so close and yet you go back. If you determine that this year you're going to be a doer. It said this and so, and then it said they came unto right before they passed over. But before they could pass over, verse 5 said this. Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Are you ready for wonders to be done? Do you still believe that we serve a God that can do wonders in your family, wonders in your marriage, wonders for your finances, wonders in your kids? I know that my God is a God of signs and wonders, and He still does miracles today. So why had God not done these yet? Because the truth of the matter is, grace is only activated when you come to a place of repentance in your life. Repentance is what activates the power of grace. You will never be delivered from anything you're not willing to repent of. You want to get free from something? You want to get across it? You want to get through something? You better take on the heart of saying, I'm going to sanctify myself so that God can move me to where my life needs to be. He said, Joshua called the people together and said, you must... First, sanctified. Before you can go over, you must be sanctified. This year, Dad just preached down last week in El Dorado at our campus there, and he was preaching that this being a year that we go into with repentance. And it, I, I, I had been preaching and writing my notes for it. It's like, praise God, I didn't miss you that far because God's telling Dad the same thing. You're going to have to learn that repent, what repentance is and that repentance must be a part of your life. 
It is a daily thing. You don't get saved one time and then just carry on being who you are. Repentance must be something that you act upon daily in your life this year. Because repentance is what releases the grace of God to work in your situation. You want God's grace, God's unmerited favor, God's power that will change everything that you can't. You come to the Lord and you lay yourself before Him and you repent for doing things the way you've wanted them done instead of taking hold of what He's wanted to do. So first He said, before you can go over, you've got to learn to sanctify yourself. Then this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that God called Joseph or Joshua and told him to get the priests to pick up the Ark of the Covenant, move them up to the river. When they moved to the river, he says when they put their foot in, God pushed back, moved back the waters, piled it back up is what it says, and caused a way for them to get across a river that they never had a way. This year, I want to tell you something. You better keep preachers, pastors, and leaders involved in your life. He could have just walked up and laid down the Ark of the Covenant in the water and done the same thing, but God uses pastors. You better keep pastors involved in your situation because God allows pastors in your life. And I'm not saying that because I'm a pastor. I'm saying that because I have a pastor. I know that I have the right and the authority to do things that I would never be able to do because I keep a pastor in front of my life and I submit under spiritual authority in my life. The Bible says they would not have got across had the priests not have went before them. You better keep your church and your pastors involved. If you want to see it in another story, if you go over to Second Kings chapter two, we find Elijah and Elijah. There was a, this was a season of changing. There was fixing to be a release of a new anointing on Elijah's life. And the Bible said this. He said that Elijah told him that said, "Leave me. I've got to go." into Gagal. And he said, no, I'm not leaving you. I'm staying with you. Then he moved from there and he wanted to go to Bethel. He said, but you stay here. And Elijah said, no, 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 you're my pastor. I, you're not, I'm not leaving you. I'm going to go with you. And then he moved from Gagel, I mean Bethel, and they moved, the Bible says, to, over to Jericho. When they got to Jericho, he said, no, no, you stay back here. And I'll, I'm going to go. And he said, no, 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 you pastor, I'm not leaving you. I'm right here with you. And the Bible says that. Then they came unto the river Jordan. And when they got to the river Jordan, this is what he says. He says, if you see me go up, then you can get a double portion. There's about to be something released in your life. And the Bible says he hit the river with his cloak and it opened up and they walked across. If you want to get across a river that you've never been able to cross over, you've come so close to me, you better stay connected to your church and your pastor. God uses them greatly to take you into the anointing and the calling that God has for you. So there are significant reasons why God put the priest in the water first. But then the Bible said this. The Bible said that when the presence of God was on the pastor's shoulders. The waters were pushed back. They walked across on dry ground. Then we find in the story that they couldn't just go across and start living in this new land. Joshua told them, what you got to do is as you're crossing over, I want you to pick up 12 stones and I want you to build an altar 
on the other side. And this is what it says in Joshua chapter 4. It says that, and they took the stones, and they took the stones back to where they were to lodge that night, and they piled the stones up, making an altar. And they said, from this point on, when your children ask what that is, says, you tell them how God parted the Red Sea and God parted the Jordan. He said, and this will be a sign. You have to know, going into 2022, there's going to have to be signs of the altar at work in your life. You can't just keep being what you've been. You've got to make the altar a place where you come before the Lord and you lay your life down. And every time you get up from that altar, a little bit of you lives and stays there and a little bit more of Jesus goes with you. Paul said this in Philippians 3, verse 10. Just three scriptures before, he said things are about to change. He said, there's two things I'm going to pattern my life after. One is I want to know you, and I want to know the power of your spirit that raised you from the dead. In other words, he said, the most important thing in my life is for me to know you. And then secondly, he said, and I want to share with you in your suffering. What that's saying is, I want to be just like you. Paul said, this is what my life is going to consist of. I want to know you and I want to have the Holy Spirit involved in my life and I want to be more like you. That's what an altar does in your life. Every time you come to an altar, you come and you should know Jesus a little bit more and you should become a little bit more like Jesus. And the people around you should see evidence that that altar is at work in your life. If you're still talking the way you've always talked, walking the way you've always walked, acting the way you've always acted, there's not an altar at work in your life because you can't come to an altar and lay yourself before and not know Jesus a little bit better and not be a little bit more like Him. And before they could take the promise that God had given them, the altar had to be built. You may not have a prayer life in your life except on Sunday, but this year you better build one. And the people around you should see the signs. Your wife should see you becoming more and more like Jesus. Your co-worker should see you becoming more and more like Jesus because you being you can't possess the land and the promise that God has for you. You have to die a little bit every day and become a little bit more like Him. It has to be, the Bible says in Joshua 4, 7, a sign. It says these signs will follow them that believe is what the Bible says. The Bible says there's fruits of repentance. People have to, I tell my wife all the time, every time she thinks that You know, I'm not where I should be. I have to remind her, aren't you glad though I'm not where I was? I'm getting a little bit better every day. And so this year, every time I come to the altar, I need to be willing to become a little bit more like Him and walk away and know Him a little bit more. But then the Bible says in Joshua chapter 5, they began to move toward the city that God had promised them, Jericho. But it says, before they could, God stopped them, and this is what He told him. He says, you can't go and take your city yet. In verse 5, it says, At this time the Lord said to Joshua, Make a flint knife for yourself, and circumcise the sons of Israel again a second time. So Joshua made a flint knife for himself, and circumcised all the sons of Israel at the hill of foreskins. My goodness, what a horrible name of a place. But... This is what the Lord was telling him. Joshua and the children of Israel that came out of Egypt, the Bible told, said that God told them that you are my people and I am your God. 
and I'm going to make a covenant with you. And the covenant I make with you, I will keep. And the sign of this covenant will be that you will circumcise every male child and every male man and the children of Israel. And they did that. And then 40 years passed. And somehow during that 40-year period, they quit obeying what God had told them to do. And every male that had been circumcised when they came out and God made a covenant with them, they had all died in the wilderness. Now we find ourselves 40 years down the road and there every male in the camp had quit doing what God had told them to do. And so before they could go into their promises that God had for them, they had to go back and be willing to do what God had told them to do in the first place. I know this for a fact, that the enemy has been working on you and on me and on the church and around this nation, that our God that has been God from the beginning has gotten soft or changed his mind or doesn't really mean what he said from when he did it when he started the work. I'm here to tell you, if God has ever said it, he's still expecting us to live it. There's not a part of the Bible that's not relevant today. There's not a part of the Bible that God has not asked you to live a certain way that He's changed His mind about you living here. Somehow, during those 40 years, Moses did not want to address the hard issues. Moses, for some reason, in those 40 years, didn't come to him and say, Hey, we got to deal with some intimate things here. We got to deal with some private issues you got going on in your life. We got to deal with some things that, you know, you've got covered up and you're not willing to. You want to keep there, but God said you can't keep there anymore. And they started living a way that God told them that they weren't to live. They started allowing parts in their life that God has said they were to cut away and leave alone. God has not changed His mind about what He's always said. I'm here to tell you this, single people. God has not changed His mind about sexual purity. And if you're trying to move into what God wants you to move into, living sexually immoral, it's not going to happen. Before you take your city, you're going to have to decide that if God said it, it's got to be that way. I'll go another step further. There's some people that are trying to walk financially into what God has for them this year, but they're not willing to do what God said do when it comes to your finances. Tithing is not an Old Testament thing. Tithing is a thing for 2022. I can say this in this campus because I'll have somebody else say it in mine. You're not going to accomplish everything that God has for you to accomplish in 2022 if you don't understand that God meant what He said in Malachi chapter 3, that the first of the tithe is His, and 10% of what you have belongs to the Lord. Because what happens is this. People get to a place, you're not a good enough entrepreneur to make your life into what God wants it to be financially without doing it God's way. Here in the, in the, um, the Bible, the Bible says this, that if we don't give what God asks for us, if we don't bring Him His first, His 10%, then we don't give Him the 10%, then the whole 100% is cursed. You need to understand something. You're not cursed if you don't tithe, but this is what takes place. All the way back in Genesis, the Bible says that God cursed the ground. So now we've got a ground that's cursed. 
And so God's remedy to the ground that was cursed was for us to give Him the tithe, the first 10% of what He has given us. When we bring that back to Him, the rest of the 90% is blessed. If I took 100% of a cursed seed and I try to put it in 100% of a cursed ground, I will only get a cursed harvest. But if I will take a cursed ground that we're to live in and I take a 10% of a blessing that God can't cause bring back to him and I put it into the ground, that 10% has the ability to bless all the rest of the 90. You can do more with a blessed 90% money situation in your life than you can do with a 100% curse. You going into this year, and I'm saying it financially the best I can, if you going into this year, if you want to be where God wants you to be financially, He hadn't changed His mind. Just like the children of Israel. He hadn't changed His mind. They were to be circumcised before they could possess. Can I give you a real quick testimony? It, it just going into last, coming out of last year. Me and Jen, we, we, we've been tithers and God has blessed us amazingly. But we wanted to get more aggressive with our tithing and giving and sowing and coming out. I was actually in Florida on December 26th. That was the Sunday after Christmas. I was there with my family and we, that was a tithing week for me. And so, I like to give my tithe in cash. I said, I just like to do that. And so I was like, oh, Jen, we're not there. I can't give my cash. And Jen goes, I'll just give it next week. And I told her, I can't give it next week. Next week's next year. And I can't go out of this season not tithing with my first at this year. And you may think that's crazy. And I don't care what you think about it because I don't care if you think I'm a fanatic. I'd rather be fanatic in my faith than fanatic about anything else. And so what we did, we walked into it. I had to load in a credit card. I had to give it that day. And I was, I, I was coming here yesterday. I've not even moved into a new season this year. That was just three weeks ago. And I'm just coming in here. I was on my way here yesterday. And I got a phone call from a guy that was cramming a job down my throat. And my dad called me right after I hung up. And the prospect of this job, I will make more off this one job, this one deal, than I will make the rest of the year in my salary. Just one deal. I will make, I will clear $50,000 profit in this one job. And I wouldn't take no for an answer. And I can't tell you that's not coincidence. I can tell you that's because God has not changed His mind about tithing. If I will bring my first, He will bless all the rest. And so sexual issues... Um, dealing with your uh, tithing issues, dealing with your church attendance. God has not changed His mind about whether or not you're to be connected to a church. You are to not forsake the gathering together of your brother. And I want to tell you something. Every Sunday you choose to skip church simply because church isn't mainstream anymore or church isn't um, mandatory anymore because of society. I want you to know something. Jesus has not changed His mind about your church attendance. You going into this year, being and possessing, you're going to have to be willing to cut away some things. You're going to have to be willing to deal with some deep, intimate issues. Forgiveness is going to have to be a part that you're willing to deal with. You say, you cricket, you don't understand how bad that hurt me. Uh, can you imagine how bad the men there at Gigal hurt when they were cutting away the foreskins? There were probably some grown men sitting 
sitting on their knees with tears pouring down their face because of what God had called them and asked them to do, sometimes you're just going to have to put yourself in a situation that maybe you don't want to do, but you're going to do it because God said do it. So you to possess what God has for you this year, you move to a place of God, not my way, your way. When you say, not my way, your way, it releases in you a situation for God to begin to move you to a supernatural place. The Bible says from Gilgal, they could see Jericho. What they were looking at was an impossible situation. There was no way possible for these men that were not a men of war to take a city like Jericho. But the Bible says the only way they won it was by a supernatural divine intervention of God. And the only reason why there was a supernatural divine intervention of God was because they decided no matter how bad it hurt and no matter how exposed they become, they were going to do what God had told them to do in His Scripture. He had told them to be circumcised. And so they said, we will be circumcised. We will let parts of our flesh be cut away so that we can move into what God has for us in our future. There's no greater price you'll ever pay than to be right with God. I don't care how important or how much fun you think your sin is. If you're willing to let it cut away, the joy and the pleasure and the release and the greatness of your life becomes... There's nothing that compares than to being right with God and doing what God has called you to do. The peace, the joy, the happiness it brings. So this year, we're going to have to deal with some unforgiveness. You're going to have to deal with some bitterness. Let me touch this one. Can I do it real quick? You will not move into 2022 and possess your promise having authority issues remain in your life. That's one of the hardest issues and intimate things that people have to deal with is, you know, when people are hurt, wounded, let down by authorities in their childhood... They have a hard time moving into what God has for them because they have authority issues. All an authority issue is in your life is you not trusting God is big enough to knock down a wall of Jericho so you're going to do it your way. I'm telling you, if you're going to have what God has for you this year, you have to decide that, God, you are the authority. And whether I feel like I can trust those you put in my life or not, I'm going to trust you. You're going to have to be willing to let that flesh be cut away. So moving on into Jericho, the Bible says they allowed themselves to be cut at Gilgal. Now, you need to understand why this is so important. The word Gilgal actually means the place of a will or a turning. When you make the decision to allow the parts of your flesh to be cut out that the Bible clearly says must be dealt with, there becomes a turning. Your situation at that moment begins to turn in the spiritual realm. When we cross over from 21 to 22, in our clocks and in our calendars, there was a turning. Your turning will not happen till you get to a place of Gilgal and you get ready to deal with the flesh parts of your life that you have tried to hold on to or maybe would be uncomfortable you dealing with. You let God do that and you will supernaturally begin to see a spiritual turning and a release take place. And then this is what the Bible said. And this is what... The whole reason I came to share this simple three points. In Joshua 5, we come to the place where it says, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho. 
He had finally gotten himself to a place in a position where he could reach out and touch the promises and the cities. He was about to get the cities he didn't build. He was about to get the crops he didn't plant. He was about to become the children of Israel. And when he went to reach, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, And when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us? Are you our, are you our adversary? I said, Everything I've said to build you up to this point. They were about to move in and take the promised land. And the angel of the Lord appeared before them. And the Bible says he had a sword drawn, meaning he was ready to go to war. He encountered an angel that had a sword that was ready to fight. And Joshua asked this question, Are you for us or are you our adversary? And the angel answered in a very unique way. He said, No. If you read it, he said, no. If it would have been me, I would have said, you don't get it. I didn't ask a yes or no question. I asked, are you for us or are you against us? But the Bible says the angel said no. Because you need to understand something. We are always have the opportunity or we're always at the position to think that we serve God so that God will serve us. Most of the time in my life, I look back at what God is wanting to do in my life, and I think that God is wanting to, and I'm asking God to bless me, or God help me, or God, you know, use me, and I make my relationship with God about me most of the time. But the truth is this. Joshua said, are you going to help us, God, or are you going to fight us, God? And God said, no, because... Your dreams, your purpose, and your destiny, they're not for you. It's not why God gave them to you. That's not what God called, has called you to. This angel was there sent by God because he was about kingdom work. All the way through the Bible, you can read about people that had a destiny and a call of God on their life. And they for a season thought it was about them and they got it wrong. As a matter of fact, Joseph is one of the main ones. Without a doubt, had a divine destiny calling dream on his life. But he thought that dream was for him. He thought it was going to lift him up in his family's life. He thought it was going to promote him above others. He thought it was all about him. But that's not what the dream was about. The dream was about God using him to save many lives. It's not about you at all. God has destined you, purposed you. God has put you here today in 2022. Not for you to have a good year, but for His kingdom to be advanced in the will of God in 2022. And if you can understand this principle, if you can understand this principle that this is not about are you for me or against me. This is about God, not my will, but your will. God, I don't want you on my side. I want to be on your side. Everything that you want to do in my life, I want to do it for you. Abraham Lincoln, they, there's a history quote in past that right in the middle of the Civil War, who I believe, you know, Abraham Lincoln was a very godly man and used mightily by God. But I believe he was used that way because he understood this principle. There's a quote that he said in the middle of the Civil War. One of his generals came to him and said, 
Do you think the Lord is on our side in this battle? And Abraham Lincoln looked at his general and it's quoted in history to say, he said, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm not concerned if the Lord is for us in this battle. If that would have been me, I would have thought, of course he is. We're demolishing slavery. We're trying to set people free. We're fighting for this nation to be right with God. But that's not Abraham. Abraham Lincoln said this. He said, I'm not concerned if God's with uh, for us in this battle. I'm concerned if I'm on God's side in this battle because God's way is always the right way. You're going to have to make a decision that I'm not going into this year wanting God to bless my plans, my desires, give me what I want out of my walk with Him. But I'm going to be on God's army. I'm going to be on His side. And I'm going to fight His battles. This is not about me. This is about kingdom. And when you understand that going into 2022 is not about your car, your house, your health, but it's about His glory and His will and His plan, then your battle will be defeated before you even get there. Secondly, this is what the angel said. Joshua said, are you for us? Are you against us? The angel said, no. I'm for God and doing it God's way. Then he said this. The angel looked at Joshua and said, take off your sandals. This is very, very important because you will not go into 2022 possessing what God has for you. Not knowing that you're going to have to take off the sandals that you have walked in through everything you've been through. What I mean is this. For 40 years, it was these sandals that he walked through the wilderness in. For 40 years, the Bible says that their sandals did not wear out. That means through every hard place, through every hard situation, through every battle they fought, they had on these shoes. And Jesus is our, the angel of the Lord is telling Joshua here, he's saying this, you can't go into what I have for you walking and doing the way you've always done things, what you've been through through the past. You're going to have to be willing to let God change the way you walk. You can't go through, I, I told the early service, I, I finally gotten to the age in my life that I have young guys come and talk to me. That's weird because I still feel like I'm young. But last week I sat with a young minister and he was telling me a story. He said the Lord called him 11 years ago into full-time ministry. And he said, man, it's just been a struggle, struggle, struggle. Couldn't do anything to get this ministry going. And he said, you know, he'd been praying, praying, praying. And the Lord told him that if he didn't change some things about the way he was doing it, God would never be able to use him. And he said, so for 11 years he'd been going to a church and for 11 years he'd been critical and every time the church would make a move or the pastor would do something that he would sit around he would talk negative or critical or judge the way the pastor was doing things and God told him I can't give you a ministry if you can't change the way you go through things in this ministry so he said so a year ago he decided I'm going to quit responding or acting the way I do in the way when I go through things that I don't like I'm going to start responding and speak positive and faith and love about my pastor. And he said he just began to do that. Every time, instead of every, every being critical like he'd always been, he started speaking positive and speaking truth. And he said, every week for the next year now, I'm booked speaking somewhere else. If he wouldn't have been willing to take off his sandals 
the way he'd always done things, the way he'd always acted, the way he'd always responded, then God could have never moved him into what God had for him. You can't go into 2022 wearing the same sandals that you've worn your whole life or even what you've done in 2021. you got to be willing to let God put new wine or to put new wine, new wine skins. You can't put new wine in old wine skins, it says. So you're going to have to take off your sandals. Quit doing things the way you've always done them. Quit being who you've always thought you had a right to be. And then be willing to let God remove some things in your life. Then this is what it says. It says, Joshua, take off your sandals. For everywhere you put your foot, I will give you. But he says it. But take your sandals, for this is holy ground. Now, I don't know if this was the only reason why God asked him to take the sandals off. But I knew, no, this is a spiritual principle. God had to get the sandals off. And then God knew that he had to put his foot on ground that was holy. Because this is a principle. You'll become just like anything you stay in contact with. This year, you're going to have to get in contact with becoming holy. God could not let Joshua go forward until he had been in contact with holiness long enough that it affected him in a holy way. When his foot touched holy ground... Holiness began to work in his life. You're going to go into your 2022 and you're going to have to decide that I'm going to have to stay in contact with as many holy things as I can. You better get you some holy friends. You better get you some holy TV. You better start reading you some holy books. You better start getting in places and being around holy people because whatever you stay in contact with, you will eventually become. I've just decided there's some people that I can't run with anymore. There's some things I can't watch anymore. There's some areas I can't go anymore because whatever I stay in contact with, I will eventually become. And if I can't go into 2022 like I was in 2021, I got to get around some holiness, holy people, put myself in a holy situation and holy atmospheres so that I become holy because God can't bless unclean. So this year, if you want to possess, you better come in contact with holy. And then lastly, this is what the angel said. He said, see that I have given you the city. I've had to make some hard decisions in my life this year because I've kind of gotten myself in some places that uh, I've spread myself too thin. Have you ever done that? Your mouth got bigger than your plate. Or This year, I know God has called me personally to walk into places that I can't handle. So that means this. I have to get faith in those areas. Now, I made the decision that if I'm really going to possess what God has promised and destined me to have, i got to start seeing it before it happens. And that means i got to get faith in those ways. So one of the main things God's called me to do this year 
in the areas that I speak and teach is I've got to teach people to have faith. Because this year is going to take more faith than you've ever had before. But with faith, all things are possible. And so you can tell the areas that you have faith in by the way you speak about those things. The Bible says, see that I have given you the city. And then the Bible says this, the walls did not fall down until they started shouting for victory. They were shouting before the walls fell down. They could see that God had given it to them before God had ever given it to them. I had to make the decision this year. I'm not going to talk to people. I'm not even going to answer their phone call if I know they're not going to talk faith to me when I do. I'm going to have to get around people that will build faith in me if I'm ever going to accomplish what God has called me to do. I've got to see it before I will get it. I've got to speak it before I can see it. And so I've got to determine that this year I have to speak about my mountains. I have to speak about my walls. I have to speak about my family. I have to speak about my wife and my children. I have to speak about my church until I can see what God's Word says is true. And when I see it, the city's mine. But let me show you what he said. He said, see that I have given you the city. And then he said this, and the king... God's wanting to give you authority in areas in your life this year that you've never had authority in. God's going to give you authority in your job. God's going to give you authority in your marriage. God's going to give you back authority over your children. God's going to give you authority in His kingdom. But you're going to have to see that God has given it to you and you have to see that you have authority. And then it says, and the men of valor and men of war. The things that God has, the enemy has sent to try to keep you from possessing, God is going to give you victory in those areas in the name of Jesus. This is what God has for us. 2022 is the greatest year you'll ever have. We're going to have to get free from the past. We're going to have to see where God's taken us and reach toward the goal. But we're going to have to be willing to be a partaker of His divine nature. We're going to have to be a co-laborer And what He's called us to do. It starts with us saying, not my will, but your will. And so I want to just pray over you real quick where you are and what you're doing. There's been times in the Bible that God had promised people things, but they just couldn't see it. And I know going into this year, you may not can see what God is wanting to do for you. But I'm going to ask Him just to open your eyes. Let you see how good and great He is. What purpose and destiny He's put on you. Because if you can see it, I know the spirit of faith can rise up in you and you can be it. But if you can't see God as big enough, if you can't see God as great enough, even to change the hardest of hearts or reach that child that has gone so far away or heal that cancer, open your blind eyes or fix your marriage or bless you financially, you will never possess what God has called you to have. So we've got to start seeing what God sees for your future. So I want to pray over you right now. If you're saying, Cricket, I don't see how God can. Would you simply just, while you're there in your car, close your eyes and let me pray over you. Father God, I ask you to open the eyes of their understanding. 
Just as the angel of the Lord said, See, I've given you the city. I ask you right now, Lord, to give them a vision of their mate coming to the Lord or give them the vision of their child on fire for God. Give them the vision of them having financial prosperity to a place that they can even bless others. Give them, Father God, the vision of divine health and healing that they will live long and they will not have to worry about going out early. Father God, I ask you to begin to see that they're influential in this city in ways that they never thought they could be. I ask you, Lord, right now to open up and give them the sight that you gave Joshua. And Lord, I thank you that right now that you're giving them the authority in these areas. That as they begin to declare your word in these areas, that you are making them kings and rulers in this situation. And what the authorities that have tried to hold them back in the supernatural realm right now are being broken off of their lives and pulled down off those thrones. And Lord, I ask you right now, the enemies, the strong men that have been coming against them in the supernatural realm, right now, they begin to fold and crumble just like the walls did. And you are giving them the position of the men of valor in these areas. Lord, I thank you that 2022 is the year of the favor of the Lord. And as we take a step toward it, I thank you that you're releasing supernatural abundance, supernatural blessings, supernatural faith, and supernatural authority in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, God bless you guys. I will see you next time I'm here.